0: welcome to this episode of In Focus. Uh, We're going to be looking at how video can benefit your business and I'm delighted to welcome Michael Lunt from Columbus, Ohio. Hi Mike, how are things going? Hi, things are going well, yeah. Um, I'm kind of excited about
1: this actually, so yeah, let's get going on it.
0: All right, so the, the question of the day is how can video benefit your business? And uh, we both run video production businesses. I'm in London in the UK, you're in the States, but yep. you've had some experience in the UK as well. I guess one of the first questions is how are people using video and have you seen any change over the past few years?
1: Um, I think the biggest change that I've seen since um, starting my own thing here in um in Columbus has been kind of the amount of video that's that's required. Um, I think when we started out, video was a one-shot deal. You know, you would go do a film shoot and that video was gonna be produced and then handed off to the client. And now clients are after a lot more for the money. So when you go and do a film shoot now, you're expected to shoot enough footage to produce multiple videos throughout the year. Um, So that's kind of the biggest change that we've had to adapt our business to because now a film shoot that lasts a day is jam-packed full of footage you may never even
0: use, but you have to think about it for the future. So that would probably be the biggest thing. Uh, I think for me, it's also the rise of social. So when you're filming an event, It's also thinking about short, snackable pieces of content that you might be putting out on Twitter or you might be putting out on Facebook. I mean, we're live streaming right now on LinkedIn, which is very new, Facebook and YouTube uh, simultaneously. You're also recording for a podcast. So that, by definition, just shows this sort of desire to be on every platform wherever your audience is. Yeah. But the content's changed as well. I mean, in the past... I can remember people saying to me, oh, do me a 15 minute video summary of the the yeah. event. And I <laughs> now, I mean, it, I hate to say it might happen next week to me, but most people want things that are 90 seconds, two and a half minutes, and particularly the rise of 30 seconds um, with text on the screen for social. So are you seeing the same thing happening in the States as well.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, well, just to kind of go back a little bit, when I first started, the first video I ever made was 22 minutes long. And back then, there was no real way to deliver those versions online. And we did 39 versions of this video. And every single one of them was burnt onto a DVD and then handed over to the client for review. So 39 discs. uh, And anyone who's burnt DVDs knows that it's probably more like 139 because they probably didn't copy over correctly. Um, so I think as well, because of the nature of the way that we deliver versions now, it also helps us to deliver more content. Now, when I'm making a video, um, I'm thinking, okay, this is a corporate video for a business. What else are they going to use this for, though? So they might use it for Instagram. They might use it for um for Facebook, for YouTube, for Twitter, for their website. There's so many different platforms out there and you have to accommodate. So if you think about, if you make a three minute video for Facebook, that might be all well and good, but what do you do for Instagram? If you're gonna use that Instagram stories platform, then you've gotta rethink how you're gonna format the video for that. For me, it's it's all about making content that's reusable in different places and, and editing videos as well that transition really well across all these different platforms
0: i'm going to show one of your videos first so this is from maui let's take a look at the video and then tell us what you were doing and, and why you made this what what kind of things did you go through from a creative point of view to create that and why did you make it the first
1: thing is just being in the right place right time for anyone who's been there the place is a canvas i mean you can film a trash can and It will look cool because of all the stuff that's around it. So for me, the creative process was just making sure my equipment was with me when I went on long trips. My wife and I... We took the road to Hana, which is a famous drive. So it's an all-day trip. We were going to stop along the way. So for me, it was, okay, let's get the camera on the car and film some of that. Let's take the drone so we can fly and film in areas that you wouldn't normally get to see. My, my creative for that was show parts of Maui that most people wouldn't get to see. You know, go film sunsets that are on beaches that are pretty remote and that and that kind of thing. And obviously, we did the, the opening shot is on Mount Haleakala. So we were there at 4 or 5 a.m. in the morning to make sure that we could see the sunrise. So that was involving setting cameras up and putting it on time lapse. And you've got to do that in the dark with a flashlight on your cell phone because you can't see anything up there. There's no lights. Um, And then when the sun comes up, then you've got your shot. So, you know, anyone who shoots weddings or events knows that you get one chance to get it right. And that's the approach I took when I filmed in Maui was get it right because i was also on vacation and i want to go snorkel and i want to go hang out with my wife on the beach i don't want to be filming all the time so by taking that mentality into the shoot then it allowed me to get it right the first time
0: well i mean it's a it's a beautiful video and does your wife put up with you filming everything when you're supposed to be on holiday?
1: Yeah, because I'm quite respectful of both of our time when I do it. Um, we did one in Edinburgh, which you can see on my website, openparasol.com. Um, and we did little video of walking around the historic Edinburgh and up to the castle and things like that. She was not so happy about that shoot. <laughs> because she's like, we're on vacation, what are you doing? But then when, when I showed her the video, when we did Maui and she, and I showed her, I also did a video of Hong Kong as well think that's when she realized oh these are actually nice travel videos for us as well it was a it was easier to get her on board after that so yeah she's 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 pretty cool about it all and, and she also features in them so
0: Yeah, so it's like a a good record, as you say. Well, we're going to look at another video, which is one I shot a couple of weeks ago in Rwanda. So that's actually a 30-second cut-down video from about seven minutes news report. And the idea was to show some of the wildlife that there is in Rwanda. So for a lot of people, I think Rwanda is associated with a genocide in 1994. But actually, as a country, it's... Um, I mean, it's just stunning. It's got three national parks. It's one of the few places you can still see mountain gorillas in the wild. And that was the Akagira to the east of uh, Rwanda, which has got the big game. So things like uh, lion, hippo, giraffe. All of that video was very similar to your Maui video. So I knew that I was going. Um, I didn't have much space in my backpack. So I had a camera, a longer lens. And then I had my iPhone for the wider shots, So it's also an example of where, you know, certainly three, four years ago, people were saying, oh, mobile phones are not really good enough. I don't I wouldn't say that mobile phones are quite there yet for low light situations at events for me to just film on a mobile phone. But certainly for tourism and for nature, sometimes you just got to use what you've got. And that's another example there is quite a lot going on, though. So to be able to film people from the back of a Jeep or animals uh, so far away, you obviously need a longer lens. You also need to be incredibly stable. So everything you see in that video is shot handheld. There's no tripod. Uh, it's just wow. me kind of locked in position. Um, and that takes a bit of practice. So I would say uh, it's not something you could just necessarily pick up. But also want to, just to echo one of the comments you made, Mike, about... Um, spotting things there's almost this kind of take a breath it's almost a zen-like thing that oh, you yeah. need to do where it's like nature's gonna move or the person's gonna move or the animal's gonna move you don't need to you've got the frame and i think a lot of people who pick up a camera or perhaps earlier in their career there's this tendency to move all the time well i you mean you things. see that
1: you see that all the time with uh, new drone pilots. You know, they don't take their time. They're whipping that drone through the air and everything's way too fast. And I take a very cinematic approach to my work. So for me, it's all about take your time. You don't need to, you know, I'm not making the next Fast and Furious movie. I am just <laughs> I just want to show the shot and um, replicate the beauty of a waterfall. Well, the waterfall's doing all the movement. I just want to add a little bit of movement to my shot. That's it um but you know i made those mistakes you know my first time i ever bought a slider every shot i did was a slider shot and even my client picked up on it they were like so you just got this slider right and i was like yeah do you like it he's like well there's no static shots so i had to go back and reshoot some of those shots as just on sticks you know just filming them straight on and that's pretty much the only time i ever made that mistake um and he was cool about it. But, you know, that we all want to play with the new toys when we, when we get them. But we need to realize that they are a tool and they're not what makes our video good. Um, you know, I've, I've quoted one of my professors from university time and time again. His name's Trevor Long. And he used to tell us, like, you can buy a new camera and you can search as much as you want on that camera. You will never find a button that says good video. You need to know how to use the tool. So yeah, that's kind of my advice to anyone who does that. Like, just just take your time with the with the equipment. It's supposed to accentuate your um, your skill level, not be your skill level.
0: Well, I mean, the other thing, just finally as well, because the topic of this discussion is how can video benefit your business. And I shot those. Well, I kind of had the idea uh, I'd arranged on the one day off that we had after an event. Um, that we'd go out to the Akagira because I've been before and I kind of knew that I I mean I'm always looking for some b-roll some shots I mean there's so much footage that I've got that I might use next year I mean that happens to me a lot where somebody else particularly with mobile phones which is an area that I film a lot of so people using mobiles mobile phone launches that kind of thing Um, And I find myself thinking, oh, I need somebody from Latin America, you know, with a baby taking a selfie. And I've got it because I filmed that last year. But that comes with experience. So I knew that I was going to take some shots here. But the point of that video was to to really sell an event on the location, which is something that I'm particularly keen on. I can tell you all conference centers look the same. Um, so it doesn't matter if you're agree, in America yeah. or if you're in Africa <laughs> or if you're in London, they all look the same. So you've got to get out and actually film yeah. stuff. But in some parts of the world, that's not easy. Uh, I mean, in many yeah. countries, it, you need a permit or it's not allowed. So you, you need to think about the equipment. But that's probably a topic for another uh, episode. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah. We've done a lot of conference videos together, you and I. You know, we've been to Barcelona, L.A., San Francisco. Um so each one of those places i can absolutely attest to the fact that those conference centers may range in size but they are all white and marble floored and lots of light and not much else so filming barcelona filming la and getting people to get excited about the location rather than the venue really helps bring people to your event um And then obviously show footage of the event, but show people the location because that's where they're going to be spending up to a week of their life. They want to know that there's interesting things in the city rather than just at the conference.
0: Very true. Well, we're going to take a slight change now. So this is another 30 second spot of yours, Mike, and it's for Spinnaker watches. I mean, that's a beautiful advert kind of TV quality. So just talk us through how do you do that?
1: So the way that I shoot, I have a studio that's constantly set up for this kind of stuff and I shoot them I guess you could say uh, as like Rolexy as I can. <laughs> it's the best way I could put it. Uh, you look at these really high-end watches on the market. You know they're really beautifully shot. And then if you look at some of the lower-end watches, they're really not well shot at all. And these these guys actually come in at the at the luxury level price-wise. Um, and so I I want to make sure that the quality of video that they get in is attractive and it's also you know grabbing people's attention on social media which is primarily where they are showing these videos so the way i shoot them is i use a three-point light system maybe four or five depending upon if i need little spots and then i try and use props to bolster the the video a little bit and kind of show a elemental feel to it so in this case water wall. A lot of their watches um, are based on famous people throughout history who've been involved in water now spinnaker is a diving watch so fluez is i believe the video you just showed was a guy that set a lot of um, kind of modern diving techniques so the goal here was to use water in the video to kind of really pull that all together and so i'm using water i'm using Honestly, things thing is that you would buy at a DIY store, really. Painting trays and things like that and lava rocks. But once you put everything in an environment and you put, put in the product in the scene, all of a sudden the product just really comes to life because it's the thing that's different in the shot. Using lighting movement, using um, lens flares really kind of brings all that luxury out. I mean, when was the last time you didn't see a Diamond commercial that had like some sort of um, you know, lens flare flickering, exactly. Yeah. All these glints—they all resonate a particular emotion from someone when they see them. So for me, it was all about using those kind of techniques. And there's a lot. Of, there's some visual effects, there's some real effects, and the whole point for me is marry everything up so that you can't tell what's real and what's not. Um, and I think that's actually a really good example there um, of how I've done that. Um, so, and then the other thing as well is cameras. I shoot everything in 4K, and I try and frame everything how I how I want it to be seen. So if I framed it a particular way, chances are I'm not going to crop in. But in some cases, it gives me the option. So if I actually want to do a digital camera movement,
0: I can. Just to explain that to people, 4K is kind of like four times what you're used to in terms of the canvas exactly. size and that means that we can create the i mean we can create an effect like an artificial zoom yeah but also we can take a portion so for example for news which i do a lot of i can shoot 4k and i can have that wide shot even though so my final video would be normal hd what we call 1080p um but then I can also do a shot that's a quarter of that. So you think yep. you've got two different shots, but actually it's the same camera angle. It's
1: the same shot, yeah. And you see that a lot with people punching in, as we call it, where you may start wide and then you do a close-up, but it's the exact same piece of footage. It's just been pushed in. And because the clarity is so good, you you can't tell the difference. Those are some of the techniques. and so Obviously, the camera, um, to just kind of finish up a point about the 4k thing like i use a very specific camera you and i use gh5s um which i don't expect many people who are listening or watching this to understand what that is but when i've got mine set up with new with adapters and certain types of lenses i'm getting really beautiful high quality footage and my camera really shows everything so yeah it's it's all about again it comes back to just knowing what you want to film and getting that shot
0: well, you're, you're the master of product uh, videos <laughs> for sure. So I'm gonna show you another one of mine. Uh, so this is a promo, more event stuff, but this is for a global series of events. I actually use two music tracks there and you can see that the cuts, the changes in the edit happen on the beat or off the beat. Mm-hmm. So music's hugely important because a lot of my music tends to be uplifting kind of promo style. Um, but you can also make people feel sad. You can manipulate people. I mean, any Netflix video that you've watched, um, you feel the emotion as the documentary or the drama goes on. So you're doing the same thing. The other thing that I used there was a little bit of text on screen, and I alluded to this earlier, but more and more of my work is involving captions on the screen, yeah, um, where perhaps people are watching these things and they're not listening to the audio at all. I know I do it on my phone. I have a habit of reading the news just before I go to sleep, which maybe is a bad idea, but it sends me <laughs> to sleep. But I don't. I watch the kind of CNN or BBC videos that have got text on the screen, which is really yeah. where I got this idea from myself. Uh, World Economic Forum do a really good job of this as well, and I don't have the audio turned on because I can read the captions. Um, And I think a lot of people are like that, or you're on the train or you haven't got your headphones. So the traditional way of doing video and listening to what somebody's saying, like we are now is, is interestingly, it's, it's not uh, the big new thing. The big new thing is this kind of shorter punchy content, but actually seeing what's happening at the bottom. Yeah. And then the final thing is there's actually movement to the punch of the beat as well. So, There's a story visually um, to do with moving perhaps from outside in, so showing the different locations. And there's also a story even with some of the audio, so saying hello near the start of a video, welcome to, and then boom, it's The Hague or Moscow or wherever it was. So there's actually quite a lot of levels going on in terms of creativity, but it's almost like a journalistic, where am I trying to lead you to? Um, and I wondered if you're seeing, I mean, I know that you think in a similar way to me, Mike, cause we work together, but yeah, yeah. What, what are you seeing in terms of uh, new types of content, perhaps for events uh, in the States? One of the big
1: things that they want to do is trailers of their actual event, you know? So instead of, um, you know, just creating a promo video, we're doing a real punchy trailer that could literally live anywhere, and is all about like visual and you know text on screen and just passing on that message that's really important to get people excited. We've had we've had um, requests to do things like can you do a movie trailer for our event? I'm like, well, is it an, a movie event? And they're like, no, it's a conference, but we want to do a movie trailer, and you're like, okay, I'm. I'm on, I'm on board for that. That's kind of interesting. Let's, let's try that out. Uh, and we've done some really cool stuff for that. The newest thing is let's create a really engaging, modern-style video that kind of mashes together all of the things that we're used to seeing on Facebook. Text on screen, videos that convey a message without any kind of audio. Th- those kind of things are, are really popular. So um, I will say that typically events are things that I, I'm doing once or twice throughout the year so i know you're really heavily involved in those um I'm more as you said before product commercials for tv corporate videos that kind of thing the event stuff is absolutely going down a really engaging 30 second trailer style
0: so let's have a look at a campaign we worked on together trying to do something different so tell us tell us a bit about that mike you're splitting up the screen you're moving really quickly lots of fast yeah. cuts
1: So one of the things that really stood out to me, they said that they really wanted people to come to LA. And so I was like, well, let's really push this out and try and incorporate all the things that make LA, LA. You know, you've got skateboarders, you've got food, you've got driving convertibles, you've got beach, you've got all this crazy stuff. And so we wanted to show so much footage but there wasn't enough time in the spot to do it. So what do you do? You split the screen and you bring everything in. There's a really cool shot of, I think it's a girl, she's wearing a VR headset and she does this thing. And as she does that, the screen splits this way. So uh, and to be honest with you, I completely forgot that I even did that until I watched the video prior to prepping for this episode. I was like, oh, that's so cool. Um, So and again, happy accident. It's not like we knew she was going to do that and the screen was going to split this way. It's just, that's how it works sometimes and you've got to you've got to understand that when certain shots just present themselves that way don't try and fight it just be like that that is awesome that gives me a really cool feeling i'm going to stick with it um but it's also extremely colorful uh we're trying to play on those kind of i love la spots that you've seen on tv you know come to california um and i feel like that on its own i mean that you could take out the graphic at the end and put in another la based thing and it would still work and the really nice thing about that is not that we would reuse that spot for something else but it just it invokes more than the event and because of that it really works for the event because now people are like i want to go to that event because i want to see that thing in la and the event happens to be there so it works for both the la tourist board if you like and the event because now you're driving people who are not just going to go to the event they're also going to explore afterwards we also use stock footage in that as well so it's also about spending time trying to find the right clip that does the right thing for the video you can't just go online and find anything you know it has to be the right skateboarder it has to be the right vr lady it has to be the right restaurant shot Um, and that takes a lot of time and a lot of know-how you need to this is one of those things where you need to understand the full vision of the video to find the right clip to fit the video. So, again, another thing that we're experts in doing now.
0: <laughs> well, I think we'll, we'll probably leave workflow and process for another um, podcast or live stream. Um, I've been looking at LinkedIn. So for those of you who haven't seen live streaming on LinkedIn It's pretty interactive, although we don't get too many notifications. So this is still in beta, and we're—I think—lots of people trying to figure it out. I quite like it, but you can find us on LinkedIn. It's actually on my profile. You can find us on YouTube, and you can also find us on Facebook in Focus Show. But the main thing that you love doing, Mike, is podcasts. So this is also available. I absolutely
1: love podcasts.
0: He's got—he's got a couple. One about entrepreneurship as well. If you're interested in that, so. We're on Spotify, Apple, Google. I mean, pretty much anywhere that you can listen to a podcast, you'll find In Focus yep. show as well. Just to finish off the question that was posed here, how video can benefit your business? Just yep. summarize for us, why do you think video is so important for businesses and why should they invest money in it? I mean, we
1: we've been saying this for years, Ralph. Um, that people just don't want to read anymore, and it is not necessarily that they're lazy; they're just busy doing other things. And so, the the video is a great way to um, get an information across to people. I like I like to tell people um, in my industry like face to face meetings are fantastic. If you're a business, you know you want to meet um potential clients and you want to sit with them but you can't do that 24 7 especially if you are part of the mechanism that keeps the business running so a video can serve as a face-to-face interaction you know you're breaking down a barrier that people might have about your company and when they show up they're like oh you're the guy from the video or you know that and it just breaks that down video testimonials are a great way to do that as well because as much as your business might be the best at what it does, you are always going to tell people you're the best at what you do. They're never going to believe you because you're the business owner. Of course, you're going to say that. But if you get a client to say that for you on a video testimonial, there is no reason why they would say that if it wasn't true. So well, We live in the it, age
0: of Google review, don't we? So I don't know about well, you. Exactly. I'm always like, which which bar or cafe? Where's yeah, the best exactly. coffee?
1: Yeah. yeah, exactly. It plays such an integral role role in how we make decisions that to have someone saying wonderful things about your business peer-to-peer is always going to win out so that's why video can be so powerful for your company Um, and it's so inexpensive compared to what it used to be it's still not cheap by any means but it's very very affordable for small businesses that You can stand up now against these big corporations that are doing commercial after commercial after commercial and spending millions of dollars a year. Just for a few thousand dollars, you can make a spot, provided you hire the the right creative to make it for you. So anything's obtainable if you just know the right people.
0: Well, it's a good place to stop. So if you enjoyed this uh, live stream or podcast, let us know. You can find it on all sorts of different platforms, as I mentioned before, Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn for the live stream and your favorite platform for podcasting, Spotify for me, but whatever you use. Mike, thanks very much. There's a lot more discussion around video, photography, cameras for the future, and we'll be doing that in other episodes. But right now, thanks very much. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.